Welcome to the Fruitful and Fearless podcast, where we're serving up gospel-fueled courage to the Christian woman to remain faithful in her calling. Hey, welcome to the Fruitful and Fearless podcast. Jordan and Lexi here. Having a good day. How are you doing today, Lexi? We are wet and muddy over here, but we're doing well. <laughs> yeah. Are you guys having a rainy, sloppy day too? Or is it snowing there? Oh, yes. Uh, it's done everything here. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's really gray and rainy here too, which I've honestly really enjoyed because we had a busy day yesterday gone um, went to St. Mm-hmm. Louis. So um, today we were just planning on being home all day. So I kind of like days when it's gray and cold and you don't want to go outside yes. and you don't have anywhere to go because then it's like, oh, and Jared's with, is he with you guys today or yes, no? Jared's off today. Yes. So okay. we're just home and kind of cuddled up and got the fireplace on and it's been really cozy. That's nice. And then I also, I baked uh, for our neighbors today. So that made it Ooh. extra cozy in the house. <laughs> What'd you bake? Um, so for the past couple, since we moved into our new house, so this will be the third Christmas and um, I have made little goodies for our neighbors the f- last two years, and um, each year our neighborhood keeps, just keeps growing. So oh, cool! <laughs> so I just keep um, making more things. So, but I think our neighborhood is full now. All the lots are full. So um, we have ten neighbors, and I got I got just those little tins, um, like Christmassy tins, mm-hmm. and I made the pecan pie bars that I'm going to wrap up in little string and the chocolate drop cookies. And then I put an orange in the tins too. So they look cute. I still need to make those pecan bars. Oh, I'll write that down. I know. I made, I was just going to make one batch of them today. Um, but then I was like, I almost think I need to make two. So that everybody, cause I was going to get two to each house. And I was like, that way they'll get a decent sized one. If I make a double batch, Jared was like, does that mean that we get some if you make a double batch? I was like, yes. <laughs> He's like, yes, make a double batch. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I made, uh, two batches of those pecan pie bars there. So they smell so good. So they're just really yummy. Oh, I bet they do. Yeah. I actually didn't really like pecan mm. pie, um, before like this year I've made them for a few years, but, um, just this year I'm like, I actually think I like these. I'm not a huge pecan fan. Mm. Is my problem. Yeah. I don't so, like it very much either. Yeah. I'm just, yeah, I, I like, I like peanuts and cashews and all that. I, I don't like walnuts or pecans. I don't know. I don't know the difference. I think it's a texture thing. They're like a softer. <laughs> it makes me like growing up, it always made me nauseous. I don't know how to describe it, but mm. it gave me like a headache and would make me nauseous. <laughs> so, so sweet. They're so, so sweet. Like yeah. literally corn syrup and then sugar added to it. <laughs> Mine doesn't have, oh, 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 you're talking about that recipe. Okay. Cause my pecan pie recipe doesn't have um, sugar in it. I used to make a whiskey one that I just haven't mm-hmm. made in a few years, but I should probably make it. I just like whiskey on the side now. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you, did yours have corn syrup in it though? No. Um, it's the Trisha Yearwood one. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's just Brian likes the texture of all the sugar, not the mm. corn syrup. So oh, I'll have to try that one. Yeah. It's good. I don't know. I don't know if I can convince Jared for me to try another one though. He really is. Really <laughs> is probably not. Stick with it one. if he likes he it. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what'd you guys do today? Oh, everything. Today was one of those days that I was like, I really need to get up and not live for the flesh today because yeah. I just wanted to be lazy and sit. But mm-hmm. it's just, we got, you know, Sunday ironing, 
packing Sunday bags. It's a school day for us. I'm trying to get as much food made today so I don't have to do it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Just a lot of stuff. I was talking to Jared this morning about how so, uh, Brian's days off are Monday and Tuesday, right? So Monday, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I would like that or not because on Saturdays, I feel like there's usually a lot of stuff going on. Like if you have special stuff, will he take time off on Saturday or can he do that really? Mm, like like if there's special a family party, stuff? Like, like if there's a birthday party Maybe. that you guys were invited to or something. Oh, uh, no, we just don't go. Really? Okay. <laughs> to be honest, it's just yeah. kind of one of those things. We used to do our, his days off. Well, he, he's only actually had two days off in the last year. So he used to just have one day off and it was always Fridays. Mm-hmm. And it was just Fridays and Saturdays are usually his counseling day. So he was, it was, it's really, it was a move for us to just serve the church better. Yeah. So, and I kind of like it because no one does stuff on Mondays and two days. So we really do have Monday Rest and Tuesday. Really, yep. Yeah. Yeah. That is true. Because Jared's so, days off are Friday and Saturday and we really guard Friday, which is nice because we don't, we really try to not do much um, mm-hmm. unless it's like a fun family thing. Um, yeah. But then Saturdays, yeah, he ends up counseling sometimes on Saturdays and. Um, yeah. Brian doesn't, uh, on Tuesday he has off, but it's usually the day that he gets any work done around the house or in the yard. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a school day for us. So really Monday is like the one big day of, nope, we're not doing anything. Yeah. Yeah. So that kind of segues into (laughs) what we're going to be talking about today. Um, Just with our husbands and their work, you know, the Fruitful and Fearless podcast is primarily directed towards pastor's wives. So today our episode is going to be on how to encourage the discouraged pastor. But like we've said before, a lot of things that we say, um, we direct towards pastor's wives, but really it's towards any Christian woman. So mm-hmm. although there are going to be some things that are going to be more applicable for pastors and their wives and um, pastor's families that are in ministry, a lot of these concepts will convert really easily to any Christian wife um, wanting to encourage her discouraged husband. There can be a lot of seasons of ministry that feel discouraging. I know that we have gone through seasons where um, just things are really hard in the church, Um, whether it be friends leaving or people being displeased with how things are going or changes happening that people are uncomfortable with um, or or just big disappointments. Um, Maybe something didn't go the way that you thought it was going to go or um, just things can be really hurtful and really discouraging. And I do think it is a unique calling that um, there are more, mm, I don't know if I should say deep hurts, but um, just unique hurts, I think, that come along with ministry because you expect more from people in the church that your brothers and sisters have your back. And sometimes they don't. So there's a lot of things that can be very discouraging. And And then just the the typical run-of-the-mill grind of ministry that you're yeah. hearing, hearing a lot of other people's um, troubles and bearing a lot of burdens and um, just having to continually, you know, give those to the Lord and to try to not let them weigh on your emotional state. But stuff like that is just hard and discouraging at times when um, other people are struggling with something yet again that you really hoped that <laughs> God had brought them through. So there's just a lot of things that we've gone through in ministry that I will say for another episode that we could talk about in more detail if we wanted, but um, a lot of things that have been discouraging. So 
a lot of preamble to just say we wanted to talk about ways that we have found or ways that we feel like scripture um, helps us to know how to encourage our husbands. Yeah, I was also going to say maybe if you guys have like specific questions about specific circumstances or like what if type things feel free to message us not that we'll have the answer to everything but I know sometimes I mean I reached out to Jordan in a season where I knew that if I was going to go to the church body it would become gossip and I really needed somebody to counsel me in a way that I knew they were not going to be worried about hurting my feelings because they're not going to see me on a weekly basis either so if you guys need any like suggestions or prayer or just like what would you do in this situation feel free to just reach out to us I think Jordan would be open to that as well yeah absolutely um that's I mean Lexi and I obviously have a heart for you guys like the Lord has put a lot of pastors and their wives into our life and into our path and we care um about this ministry and um about what the Lord's doing in all of your lives and um yeah you're our sisters so reach out we'll be happy to chat or pray for you or um give advice if we can so anyway um Lexi how to encourage the discouraged pastor um you have anything to say you want me to start well I mean the first thing that I thought of when we talked about this topic was really the big sex word <laughs> um and it reminded me of Christine Hoover's book, The Church Planning Wife. And she said in there, like, you have to realize this is going to be a very discouraging season for your husband's um, ministry career and be prepared to serve him in this way. And Brian's never been a church planter per se, but I just, you know, I see that pattern in scripture. I'm thinking of, um, I think it's King David. Oh, is it King David? Or there might be even another section where it's Isaac and Rebecca, where, um, it talks about sex in terms of a comfort. Mm-hmm. And um, I just think, especially because nobody else in the church, Lord willing, <laughs> is ever going to serve them that way. Yeah. Um, that is a very, very unique calling to you as a wife. And so I think that's something we don't talk about enough, actually, in general. But among pastors' wives, just realizing that it's a really huge tool that you have in your tool belt to just encourage him and make him feel like even if nothing is going right at church, his um, home life and his wife are 100% on the game and they are satisfied and they are encouraged by him. Mm -hmm. I remember in um, the Nancy Wilson book that I read, um, what was it called? True Companion. Um, She talks about sex in there and says something along the lines, I don't have it in front of me, but something along the lines of, um, an easy way for you to make your husband um, feel victorious. Yes. Yep, be generous yep. with sex and um, to not be just another voice that is denying him um, or turning him down or discouraging him. So mm-hmm. um, it's just one way that we can um, let our husbands feel like we are accepting of them mm-hmm. and encouraged by them. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, that I have like two. I have it like in two sections here. I have like some practical stuff that um, I actually asked Jared what helps him feel encouraged. Oh, that's a good idea. And then I also have just some stuff mm-hmm. in scripture. So one of the things um, I have, I wrote down Psalm forty three five. Why so downcast on my soul? And uh, to put your why so downcast on my soul? There's like some other wording in there, but put your hope in God. So just being a constant reminder to our husbands that. Yeah. Um, even in times what that it feels 
discouraging and it feels like things aren't going well, um, to be reminded to put their hope in God, that he's the one that is building this church. And Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times when things are going bad, it can feel like we are ruining the church or whatever it may be. But to just remember that our hope is in God and that um, under Christ, there is no condemnation for our husbands. Yeah. Yep. And that that they can be free to be obedient and to walk out what the Lord is calling them to do and let the chips fall where they may. Mm -hmm. And to not be discouraged by that because we know that we are being obedient to Christ and that he is building his church. So just reminding them that they are fathered by God um, and that God is pleased with them um, no matter what's going on in the church. If yeah. they're being obedient to God, then that he is pleased with them. And then one thing that was really helpful for us during a very <laughs> discouraging season of ministry that we couldn't see how it was going to work out. Like there was no foreseeable exit plan, no foreseeable like mm way that it was going to turn around. Um, although God completely turned it around and did something miraculous. But in that time, I remember us just being like, okay, you know, we're going to take the really long view on this. And if, if we have to wait 10 years for things to change, that's okay. Like it, it may be a really long road of just being content in the Lord and where he has us right now and looking to the good and being thankful for things that are good and just continuing on, um, to not, not be in a hurry in ministry, um, or in anything Mm -hmm. in life. There's lots of things that when we get in a hurry, things go really badly and we feel like we can produce change and results and all kinds of other troubles and idolatries come from that. But just not being in a hurry, keeping the big picture and seeing God is at work. I'm going to be obedient. And if this takes 10 years to turn around, then that's okay because God is with me. Mm -hmm. I think too, a big key to what you're saying is just like being content as a wife Mm -hmm. too and where you are and not, um, not like getting yourself yourself emotionally stirred up if you know that your husband is in a hard place. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think that serves them really well because you're you're kind of you're being a place of steady, yeah, stability, emotional. Yeah, mm-hmm. when everyone else is freaking out around them, or you know. Yeah, yeah, I think that's true, and um, it's kind of hard to describe, um, but I almost imagine it as having like a healthy degree of separation from things that are happening, and I don't mean in terms of like mm-hmm. not being in the trenches with your husband or in the trenches with the church or anything like that. But just like having a healthy amount of separation that like we're in this with the Lord, like no matter what is happening, like we aren't just our, our our ship is not sinking. Um, That Christ is a steady rock that we stand on no matter what storm is around us that Mm -hmm. we can reach we can reach in and pull our husbands up out of the storm that's going on around him without us also sinking in the water. Um, Mm -hmm. So just kind of trying to think through how can I hear things that are happening within the church and still remain steady knowing that Christ has us instead of getting so muddied up at all. I'm curious now. Mm -hmm. So I have a question for you Um, because I think this has helped I don't know, maybe Brian has a different opinion. I think this has helped me not get so wrapped up too, so that I can actually come from a place of encouragement. Um, does Jared tell you everything that's going on all the time or does he be pretty good at, does he feel the need to tell you or does he keep it under wraps? Like how does, how does that work with you guys? Yeah. Hmm. 
I'm, do you know? <laughs> I'm, that's what I was getting ready to say. I'm pretty sure he tells me the majority of stuff that's going on. Okay. He doesn't tell me, I don't think he tells me stuff that I don't really need to know, but I think he tells me the majority of what's going on. Okay. There has, there has been seasons that I've asked him not to tell me stuff that mm -hmm. I've been too much and I didn't want to know anymore. But okay. the majority of the time he does um, tell me and we'll talk through stuff, pray through stuff together. Yeah. What about you guys? Yeah. Um, I, he definitely tells me like very major things, but I know that there's, I know that of all the pastor's wives, I know the least. <laughs> yeah. Um, and though times when I've, when I've accidentally found out stuff from other pastor's wives, it hasn't been a service to me, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. So I think, I, I think it's partly my personality. I think it's probably Brian's personality too, but, um, I think it's just been a really big protection for yeah. me in a way, if that makes sense. Like I said, if there's anything that I ever need to know that it has to do with me, I know. Mm -hmm. But even that, I know it's very limited too. So Yeah. And honestly, if we find ourselves as wives getting too wrapped up and emotional about stuff, yeah. it may be a good yeah. time for us to say, can you please not tell me <laughs> everything? Yeah. Um, yeah. And just encourage him to seek out counsel from other pastors that you guys mm -hmm. may know. If there isn't anyone else, obviously you can contact the shepherd's crook um, that does counsel for pastors or just a friend, like a Christian friend that isn't in the church or whatever. Like sometimes mm -hmm. they just need to vent and I get that. Um, but if it's doing you a disservice and you feel like that is a temptation that you're not able to handle right now, then perhaps it would be wise to say you shelter me from some of this for the time being um especially just in like if you're going through a stressful season with other yeah. things like just for a season maybe saying can I not know some of this yeah because it's amazing how many people they will just assume that you are doing x y or z and they will get riled up about it and then come to find out I'm like I had no idea about any of this so yeah this is all false accusation and it's I don't know. It's just served to be a different sort of a protection that I never would have thought otherwise if he had made the decision. Yeah. So hmm. anyways, I'm just curious. Yeah. Um, another thing that I was going to say that I was thinking about is um, I know sometimes there can be issues where a pastor will feel like, you know, if I don't, if I don't take on all of this counseling or if I don't go to them in their hour of need or if I don't answer this phone call then they're going to go off mm -hmm. the deep end and you know like yeah mm -hmm. unnecessary amount of responsibility for people's um lives um so also yeah. just encouraging encouraging our husbands this is one thing that Jared and I talked about encouraging our husbands that they aren't people's savior true savior um that we mm -hmm. are help and mm -hmm. we are sometimes means of communication for people and um that God uses us but ultimately Christ alone is the people that are within our congregation's savior. So just being a healthy reminder to our husbands that they, you know, can feel peace resting that God has everyone, that they don't have to hard and fast hold on every situation in the church because that can cause mm -hmm. a lot of discouragement and a lot of stress. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> uh, I'm always so thankful for the people. There's regularly people in our congregation that just remind us of that exact thing too. Mm -hmm. So it's just so helpful to hear that from actual members of your church. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I bet. That's awesome. 
Um, so a few of the practical things that I talked to Jared about, um, I just asked him like, how does he feel encouraged? So he talked about just the home being orderly and mm-hmm. clean and ready for him when he gets home where it doesn't feel like he walks out of one stressful fear sphere of his uh-huh. life and into another stressful sphere. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so home just being as peaceful as possible. And I know like we have little kids, so I know that sometimes peaceful doesn't feel like a possibility, (laughs) (sighs) but, um, just striving for that. And our friends, Mason and Bree have been such an encouragement and an example of this. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever been in people's houses that you just, it just feels peaceful when you're there. And I don't know if it's their personalities or like the way they do home life or whatever it is, but like Mason and Bree, they just carry peace with them. They are people that every time I'm around them, I just comment on it. I feel like about how oh, that's cool. I just feel like they're really peaceful people and their home is a peaceful place. And anyways, they, I remember telling Brie about this and she told me that that's something that they pray about regularly, mm. that God would um, grant them peace in their home and give them wisdom about how to do that best. And so anyways, mm, cool. we started praying about that too. And I feel like God really has helped over the past few years, um, just giving us wisdom about how to do certain things and um, how to run our days a little bit better so that um, it does feel more peaceful Mm -hmm. and how to prepare for things so that it feels more peaceful. So anyways, just striving towards that was a big encouragement for Jared so that our home didn't seem hectic and um, stressful. And then for Jared, he is a big verbal affirmation guy. Words of affirmation is definitely his love language. So just being... mindful to say good job for things Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. to let him know that I'm proud of him whenever he does something that I am proud of him for. Because a lot of times I feel like it's just assumed that I'm proud of him. Like, of course he knows Mm -hmm. I'm proud of him. But even like this week, he fixed our dryer and I just let him know that I was proud of him. And all he had to do was get like a $5 part for it and it fixed. And um, (laughs) just knowing like, hey, I'm so proud of you that you did that. And we didn't have to spend a lot of money on a new dryer or we didn't have to call Mm -hmm. a repairman or whatever it may be. And um, just letting them know that you're proud and thankful for the things that they do. I mean, that's helpful for anyone. Like a thank you and a good job goes a long way when you're discouraged. So just letting them feel giving those him them those victories for things like that mm-hmm. letting them know the wins uh, and then another practical thing is Jared is a runner so mm. whenever he is discouraged just encouraging him hey just go for a run <laughs> like take yeah. a break right yeah. now go for a run you'll feel better when you come back mm-hmm. and i mean clinically speaking there is a ton of evidence that points towards exercise being good for discouragement and depression, things like Mm -hmm. that. So I feel like that's an easy way to encourage your husband, like, Hey, maybe start exercising. Let's go for a walk together in the evening or if they run or lift or anything like that, just encouraging or making time for that to happen. Whether that mean, you know, you making extra sacrifices so that they can do that because sometimes that is what that means. Sometimes that means, well, the hour that you could be home helping me, you're going to go for a run instead. Mm -hmm. And just knowing like, that those kind of things are worth it during seasons of discouragement. And that doesn't mean that um, your husband always, you know, goes and leaves you <laughs> to do everything. And there's definitely a balance there, but just 
being willing to sacrifice of yourself during seasons yeah. of encouragement to let them do something that would be encouraging. That was something I was going to say too, um, in, in regards to you yourself being willing to sacrifice is are, do they have like men that they get to go hang out with regularly? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> men who are like friends and they're not critiquing them because they're on their same uh, team, if that makes sense. Yeah. Cause that can be a super hard one, especially, I mean, at least it has been for me in the past, just you want to hang out with them. You yeah. need the extra help, but really what they need at that moment is a strong, some sort of a strong male pat mm-hmm. on the back or a yeah. word of encouragement from an yeah. older gentleman or something that, yeah. so just or even making, though we've been there too, you know, yeah. Like, yeah. there's a, there's a lot of camaraderie that comes from being around other pastors where you can just like mm-hmm. your hat. Yep. I get it. <laughs> we've been there too. Yeah. <clears throat> Press on brother. Actually, that's part of why I have continued, even in really challenging seasons for myself, but continued trying to be hospitable is because I realized that when, even if somebody has an issue with us, when we invite them onto our turf, it is a much more peaceful environment for my husband than if he's only ever interacting with the congregation on negative terms. Mm, yeah. So like that's part of our Sunday feast is let's get to know who the, um, who the deacons are. Let's get to know their families. Let's get to know new families in the flock so that he can be encouraged through fellowship more often than discouraged through critique. Yeah. So, so hospitality on your Sunday feast, then mm-hmm. you do it with another elders family. Is that right? Um, not at the moment. We're okay. not, uh, well, I mean right now we're not doing it until January because of okay. Cyril, but, okay. um, the last couple months we've just been doing it. And part of that reason is because they are now hosting a weekly house church, which is basically doing the same thing, but we're not there. So, yeah. So right now I would love to, I really, 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 really do want to um, bring another family alongside of us. So if any of you are listening at refuge and you feel called to do that, let me know (laughs) just because it helps. um, It helps with new people. It's really awkward if I have to leave to take care of a child or baby and Brian is left for an hour, sometimes carrying on conversation (laughs) alone. Yeah. Um, But it also helps just no matter what, who is there, there's always somebody to talk to. Yeah. So I, I want another family to come alongside us, but right now we just don't have that. So, mm-hmm. so typically, we shall see. Or, or ideally, you, so you have like your family and then another elder's family and then you invite other yes. people into it. Is that how it works? Yes. In the past, that's how it's that's gone. Cool. Yep. I love yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And, that and it was just a way, it, it was an easy way for us to for Brian and Dan to check up on their deacons, but it was also the only way that I was getting to know new people. It, it wasn't necessarily for us to hang out with old friends. It was more like, how can we make sure we are trying to make the rounds within the ability God has given us, which yeah. doesn't seem like much often, but mm-hmm. so, yeah. That's awesome. I love that. You got any other practical ways that yep. Brian feels encouraged? Uh, I I think sometimes like just realizing and reminding them, I don't even know if it's reminding them or turning to prayer, not as a last resort, but sometimes the reality is in discouraging situations that uh, Jesus is really the only one who can protect their heart, change their heart, um, change the situation. Right. And so, I mean, like everything that you've said spot on, I just also think that just reminding them that we are praying for them, even mm-hmm. if you know that you're not 
able to offer a very practical solution. Just, just tell them like you're praying for them. Jesus, Jesus is the one that can be your all in the middle of this. Mm -hmm. Right. So yeah. True. All right, guys. Well, we hope that this is helpful and hope that your husbands and families are encouraged this week. So remember Christ. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Fruitful and Fearless podcast. This show is a part of the ministry of The Shepherd's Crook. The Shepherd's Crook exists to remind pastors of Jesus through care, coaching, resources, and events. We have also started The Shepherd's Crook for Wives. Jordan and Lexi are contributing articles to the site, and you can find all the information at theshepherdscrook.co.